All right, now, the last thing we have, I want to emphasize to you this item that we, uh, yeah, let, me, let me interrupt myself here. What we've just discussed with the genitive absolute is syntax only. It is a new syntactical issue. Now what we're going to discuss is morphology only. Morphology only. And that is, finally, the aorist passive from principal part number six. Principal part six. Because remember, the aorist passive, let me put this up on the board over here. Remember the aorist, you had elisa from principal part number three, and then you had elisamen, so this is active and middle, but the passive came from number six, and it was elithane. Remember how that was? The middle and the passive split just like the future did too for the heiress. That means that we do not build the heiress passive participle off of principal part number three, but off of number six. Okay? Now, remember when we were doing the gag bag and all the rest, I said, well, it's interesting that that is using active endings. Ni, sigma, nothing, men, tesan. Our active endings. And the infinitive was li, the, nai. And I said nai was an active ending, just like the verb to be, I, nai. So the participles will use an active formation also. They will not have the men hamburger helper. Now, let's see how they look. I'm going to let the nominative singular first and go to the genitive singular, lithentus. Now, what's happened here, where am I getting this from? This is from a lithane. I'm removing the augment. I'm taking off the nu. And this is, instead of the eta, is actually operating with a short e and epsilon rather than eta. If you'll just open your books temporarily to chapter 11, there was a note on this on page 81. Page 81, right in the center, B1. 81, right in the center, B1. Both aorist and future passive forms use a special stem that thins with theta eta. Footnote 1. Go over to page 86. Footnote 1. Technically, the stem addition is theta epsilon, with the epsilon lengthening to eta. The importance of this will appear now. <laughs> All right? So, in actual fact, this theta epsilon is really the form, and theta eta is sort of a lengthening of that. Now, this then is going to follow a third declension pattern, which is the pattern we always use 
when we are doing actives. A third declension pattern. Lithentus, lithenti. I'm going to do the nominative here in just a second. Lithenta. Then you have lithentes, lithentone. And I'll talk about the dative here in a second. And then you have lithentas. Now, that is typical third declension. What happens in the nominative? This is what happens. You have, in theory, lithents with a sigma. Neutral before sigma, never a good idea. Neutral elides. This lengthens, but this time, <coughs> sorry, this time not to epsilon like basilois, but to a yoda, and it's lithice. And this is what you have also in the dative plural, lithice. So you get lithice, lithentus, lithenti, lithenta, lithentus, lithentone. Wait a minute, I got an extra syllable in here. Lithentone. Lithice lithentas. So that is now the aorist passive participle of Leo, and it would mean having been released. Not having released or having released for oneself, but having been released by the master, the slave fled. The feminines, uh, as typical, have that difficult interior of the stem, and it goes like this. Lithensa. All right? Now, again, Nitao drops. You get the lengthening, so you're going to get Lithaisa. Lithaisa. And now we do a declension hybrid like this. I'll just put the singular up here for this. But this is all a declension stuff, hybrid. Lithaisa, lithaisis, lithaise, lithaisan. Uh, but the ones you've got to master test-wise are the masculines. Okay? Lithais, lithentus, lithenti, lithenta. I cannot overemphasize the importance of understanding this point. Aorist passives always take active formations in everything they do, not only in the indicative, not only in the, in, the, in the infinitive, but also in the imperative, and so forth. So aorist passives have this oddity of active formations in all their forms, absolutely. Is that true or false? Put him down. It's pulling away. That is true. In all forms, they take active formations. So when we get imperatives, it'll be an active formation. Subjunctives, an active formation. Optatives, active formation. Always an active formation, even though you're translating them as passive. So 
The participle now, let's just put this up. I mean, you got this. We have the neuters, lithen, lithentus. The, you know, the neuters do this, this same thing that we always get. You know, they never like to end it with a tau, so that goes off, lithen, lithentus, and so on like that. That goes down third declension. Now, please understand, we're only talking here about morphology. There's nothing about syntax. In other words, you can still use them in attributive or predicate position. It's still time previous to the main verb. You can use them in a genitive absolute. All the rest of that stuff. This is purely a morphology section of the thing, and it's only, only from the sixth principle part. Yeah. Well, well, if the main verb is in the past, I mean, let's put a couple up. Let's put a couple up. Let's go over here and let's put a couple of examples up. Lithice, notice that's the nominative. All right, now here is the Ron from Warsaw translation. Having been loosed by the bandit, the slave fled. All right, which would be then, Samuel, after he had been loosed by the bandit, the slave fled. Right, now watch this. The slave will flee, what? Have, having, been, having been loosed by the bandit, or after he is loosed by the bandit, or if you're doing the other one, after he has been loosed by the bandit. Yeah, right. So it's the same thing. The sequencing... The attributive predicate positioning, the referent issue, all that's identical. You're just now doing passive voice. That's all you're doing. So uh, let me do a different sentence. Let's do something like this. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, and doing it with a GA is very common. Like this, for example. Let's do that first with a GA. Lithentus to dulu ha le stace, the bandit uh, fled. Good. Thank you. Okay. After the slave had been released, the bandit fled. See, there's a GA. Because slave is not a factor in the main clause. That's actually quite common to use a passive with a, you know, um, um, something like, uh, after the troops had been defeated, the king fled the castle, or, you know, something like that. 
Nam Nidiv. A relationship, let's say. Well, no. What would happen is here. Let, let's let me put this other thing here. Uh, all right, let's do it like this. This is a good question. Let me change the sentence. Now, watch here. I'm putting Hupaw in here. Now, how does that translate? Yeah, after he had been released by the slave, the bandit fled. Now I have a nominative, note here, I have a nominative which now refers to this guy. The genitive absolute, as Bobby so correctly saw, is only referring like that. It's referring internally to the clause itself. That's why you've got to supply the subject. 